this is. Prepare yourself. At Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. Your friendly neighborhood Infinity Bros are back here today. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. You heard it already, but this is a spoiler review. This is literally your last chance to get out. Okay, guys? Like, there's get there's out. no non-spoiler reviews on the front end of this. What are you even doing here if, if you know, you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home You yet? are the amazing Spider-Man 2 of listeners. <laughs> if you are here right now listening Woof. to that part just calling um, people out already Jeez. yeah we're here already i got a lot of things to say today and so does my co-host today who is the biggest spider-man fan i know we had to work around his schedule he's coming straight from an overnight shift but his energy will still be better, bigger than mine it's infinity bro isaac isaac how are you yeah let's go buddy i'm doing uh great a little tired but you know what it's worth it to talk about this movie like we've been talking about it like and we don't normally do this we don't normally talk about what we're gonna discuss on the podcast just so we can have better discussions but we can't not talk about this movie like this movie was just crazy just bonkers so we got a lot to talk about and we're gonna try to keep it in 90 minutes some people have said that this could be a four-hour episode It, it could but we gotta get isaac to bed so, yeah. <laughs> and we want, if you're a new listener, I'd love we want you to uh, get a glimpse of who we are, but also maybe consider coming back as opposed to listening to a four-hour podcast. But you could be driving <laughs> on the road for your Christmas vacation right now. So if you are, Merry Christmas to you. Christmas is next week. Uh, if you're a new listener, we'd love for you to keep keep the conversation going with us. Email us at the Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz. TikTok, if you got the itch to Twitch, come check us out on there. We do Pokemon packs opening, pack openings, excuse me play a lot of video games, just have a good time. We have great community and in Discord as well. Also on Twitch coming up, we've got our 100th episode live on January 2nd, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we are going to be doing our Stan Lee Awards, which is our top five movies, video games, and TV shows of 2021. So going to be lots of uh, fun stuff, giveaways, and we're giving away our uh, Infinity Gauntlet that we've been pushing all year. So... Yeah, if you're a new listener and this is your first time listening to us, just leave us a review. Even if this is your first time, you're entered automatically to win a signed Infinity Gauntlet by us. Uh, We'll send it to you. We'll ship it to you. And that's going to be our little uh, New Year's uh, Day uh, gift. So we have about 70 reviews. We're looking for probably about 20 more, hopefully, maybe 30 more to get us to 100 to the 100th episode. But no matter what, thanks for being here with us. And we'll stop promoting stuff and start talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. It's the reason you're here. Directed by John Watts, written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Stan Lee, produced by Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal of Sony Pictures. It stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Cumberbatch, excuse me, Benedict Wong, excuse me, they both have the first name Benedict. I've never yeah, like I know. made that like it's a little until now. It's a little confusing because I always see Benedict Wong on um, Twitter tweeting stuff, yeah, and I'm like, that's wild. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. It like <clears throat> throws me off every time I see it. I'm like, what the? Uh, heck? Tony Revolori, Marissa Tomei, and Gory Rice, uh, Arian Moed, uh, pa- Paula Newsom, Hannibal Burris, Martin Starr, Jake K. Simmons, and J. B. 
be smooth as Mr. Dell. I know everybody was begging and clamoring for him to come back in this series. That was, that was our sarcasm guys. There's a lot of other people that we were worried about. Um, since we've already spoiled it, Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield, they're also in this movie. Yes. Um, as well as, uh, an interesting post credit scene that is more of a trailer than anything else. But, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, uh, today, but first, uh, we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things throughout the episode. We're going to rate things. So we want to make sure that you're familiar with that. So we're going to put that bumper right here. Here on the infinity bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Snap. We're going to give you five different Infinity Bros ratings today so that you get a good glimpse of of us as a group. We are a group of six uh, content creators that uh, spend time together. We're we're buddies, but also we do a myriad of different uh, content producing things. So make sure you check out all those things. But we're going to start with the biggest Spider-Man fan I know on the planet, the gentleman I sat next to the whole time that I felt like I was on a roller coaster with the whole time. Our hands were up. The wind was blowing in our face. We cried. We laughed. we, We were angry. We were joyful and jovial, jovial, excuse me. So, uh, Isaac, I will give you the mic. Give us your rating and review of Spider-Man No Way. Oh, my gosh. I just have an open mic. We, I'm just, like, saying whatever I feel about No Way Home. I don't think I can express, fully express my whole feelings about this movie in an hour and a half. But I'll do my best to uh, to summarize it. There's no way around this. It's a six out of six. And I'm, I'm cutting to the chase because... This this movie is just like I, we already discussed it at the front end. It's bonkers. Five minutes in, and we already had the spoiler rating. So, like, I mean, if you're if you made it to this point, get out of here. I don't know why you haven't watched this movie. Charlie Cox shows up in the first five minutes of the movie, and from that point on, I was my mind was being continually blown by everything that was going on in this movie, like. This is probably the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Uh, I, I will say I, I do still like um, Into the Spider-Verse better uh, as a Spider-Man movie. But live action, this is probably the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Um, it's maybe it's in my top three Spider-Man or uh, MCU movies like this could potentially be my top MCU movie. I gotta I gotta watch it a couple more times and get like more feels for it um, t- before I can make that declaration. I'm still on the hype of seeing it, but the way that the MCU put all of these actors and actresses together in this movie, I mentioned it, you know, way before this movie came out. I was a little afraid that it was going to get muddled um i mean we've seen it before spider-man 3 amazing spider-man 2 they threw a bunch of villains in those movies um trying to i mean with amazing spider-man 2 especially it felt like they were just literally throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something stuck and i was a little afraid that 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 that's what they were going to do with this um that they were going to fully play on all of the nostalgia Um, of these characters coming back but they made it work and did they they did not only make it work they knocked it out of the park like they hit a home run grand slam with this movie um willem dafoe 
like that dude deserves like even an Oscar nomination for his for his part as the Green Goblin in this. He's probably better in this movie than he was in Spider-Man. Like the villains played everything perfectly. They spent just enough time on each of the villains and on Tobey Maguire and on Andrew Garfield, but not overshadowing Tom Holland and the main characters in this movie. Um, it is not a perfect movie. I I think there are some things that I I had I I wouldn't even say they're they're little teeny tiny nitpicks. So there were there were some corny parts, there were some cheesy parts, but it played perfectly into this movie. And I could not be more happy about this movie as a Spider-Man fan. Six out of six. I absolutely loved this movie, was blown away by it. I again, I could t- talk all night about this, so I'm gonna let you go ahead and give your give your review first, Max, and then we'll. Dive we got a lot of reviews to get through, so I'll yeah. I'll try to get through them quickly. I'll I'll edit. I just want to get it out. So <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh, Robbie Sodder. <laughs> so nice. Robbie Sodder says this is a movie that not only lived up to the hype but surpassed it. The filmmakers completely understood who Spider-Man is and made the movie with the moral belief in mind. Willem Dafoe gave one of the best villain portrayals in comic book history, and it may get overshadowed by the Spider-Man bug three finally coming together by the Spider-Man bug three by the Spider-Man. I think all the three Spider-Man coming together is what he meant. What a weird sentence, Robbie. Fix your grammar. My only gripes (laughs) with this film is the length. I wish they would have stretched it out more. I wanted more Spider-Man. Oddly, the worst thing about this film, in my opinion, was the Doctor Strange end credit scene. I wasn't a fan of the commercial style of it. I wish it was just a quick Supreme Strange unleashed visual to really get people excited. Super nitpick, but it seemed odd now that they chose it to me. He said some other things that I'll talk about later. Him and I had a conversation after that, but that is his review. Robbie gives this a six out of six. Um, Let's transition over to Mark Jones's review. Are you ready to have your socks rocked off? I came prepared and wore two pairs of socks, and still they both were rocked (laughs) off, Lady Gaga style. Time to climb aboard the nostalgia train as we venture into the next Spider-Man installment. Six out of six. The film gave us back Daredevil, glimpses into the multiverse, heroes and villains of past, Spider-Man of past, helped the the MCU Spider-Man save his world and morality by defeating and helping their past villains. Losing the people he loves to save his world and and universe? What's next for our Peter Parker? That's a great review, Mark. That was awesome. That was exactly. That was good. That was really good. You should read that review. for TikTok. That's that's. I'm gonna save review. Jared's for the end. Um, I'll go. I'll go next. Um, I'm gonna just. I'm not even gonna like be dramatic about it. This is a six out of six. And right now, I'm having very strong feelings still about the fact that I haven't seen it a second time. I was gone all last week, and so like, for the sake of my marriage and my family, I could not go a second time. <laughs> my wife and I. My wife was like, "You need to stay home, hang out." With me. I was like, "Yes, ma'am." But um. I got to say, I, I have not been more joyful of a movie experience in my life. I, I got to see this with you and Infinity Brosine. I really enjoyed that process of it, sharing that moment with you guys and our wives. I, I This this movie was so special. It, the only tier it, in, it deserves to be in is the endgame tier. I did not expect to be as emotional as I was in Tobey Maguire's portrayals. <clears throat> I'm like, I'm like getting emotional just thinking about it now. <laughs> My anticipation with this, Isaac, was that Tobey Maguire was going to be more emotional for me than Andrew Garfield. Yet I found myself emotional over Andrew Garfield. And Same. that was pretty impressive to me. 
I was impressed that both of them got arcs that were continued past their trilogies or or for Garfield is his two film venture. I was impressed with how they continued the story for every villain and it made sense and it worked. I was impressed with how they handled Dr. Strange. I heard grapes that Dr. Strange was underutilized in this and I completely disagree. He was in the perfect amount. Um, Agreed. I think if people who know me know I love Dr. Strange. I think they showed more of his power set. I think it's a huge deal, and this is going to get lost, so I'll just say it here. The fact that Benedict Wong's Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme will have major implications down the line in this whole thing. I really love this movie. You you referenced Daredevil. We'll talk about him in a bit, but him being there was just like the tip of the iceberg. I thought Marissa Tomei gave a tremendous performance in her pivotal scene where she passes away. She carried the emotional arc in this. I thought... Um, all the side characters had the perfect amount of time. I've heard that gripe from people, and I completely disagree with that. I think everybody had their perfect amount of time. I think the two Spider-Man had it, but make no mistake, this is not, I've heard this review as well, this is not a showcase of the three Spider-Man. This is Tom Holland's moment. He crushes it. It's his best version of this character. It is finally passing the gripes you've had, Isaac, of, oh, he's in Iron Man's shadow, Oh, everything comes easy. Oh, he has access to to wealth and 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 resources. And this is the back end of it with Happy's apartment. But this movie ends with where Peter Parker's Spider-Man should be. Mm-hmm. Alone, desolate, poor, and having to wonder if the sacrifices he makes or are making are worth it. And that classic, is perfect. That's Spider-Man, exactly yeah. this is exactly what Spider-Man should be. And this is the best version of Spider-Man. Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man now. It was Tobey Maguire, but he's the best Spider-Man now. And this opens up a lot of doors. We'll talk about that. But six out of six, this is one of the best movie experiences I've had in my life. I I would put it up there with Endgame. I'm wrestling with whether this is better than Endgame. Endgame had like a decade's worth of stuff to build in. So I was so emotional about that. But this has two decades worth of stuff built into it. Yeah, this is 20 years of content coming into it. Like it's wild. It's wild. I think think high schoolers and young adults like 24 and younger are going to still say Endgame is better. But I think if you're past that 25 to 26 year mark, I think this movie might be better to you simply because of the nostalgia. But this is a six out of six to me. You said this isn't a perfect movie, Isaac. I I might argue that it is a perfect movie. It's got everything I need. It, it had everything I needed. We talked oh, it about had it everything previous. I needed. Yeah. I, I mean, so I don't I don't know what else it could do storytelling wise. There were some cheesy parts, but I I was there. It, we knew that we signed up for that. I I would contend it might be a perfect movie. And there's been talk on Deadline that this movie could be an Oscar contender for best picture because it's simply going to save the cinema experience. I completely agree. I, I would be, I would be absolutely fine if this was a, a, a best of film. Experience. I mean, I would love that. That's it's not well deserved. Because no, I, Oscars I, I, is a, is I think a it will scam. But. I think it will. I think deadlines, right? I think it will. I think this is going to get a best picture nominee. I think Defoe and Holland should both be up for best actor or best supporting actor. I'll go that far. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Jared's review and then we'll, we'll break this puppy down. Jared says, Spider-Man No Way Home is fan service done well. Each one of the Spider-Men shine in their own way and serve a different role in the story. This doesn't feel like a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. This is a Spider-Man movie. The scenes that gripped me the most were Andrew getting his redemption through saving MJ and Toby finding peace through saving his role models. All in all, this movie is dang near perfect with my only gripe being that some of the side characters written being written with less character, but it didn't take too much away from my overall intensity of this movie. Unfortunately... I am sad to report that Jared gave this a 5.8 out of 6. So we might be the only podcast or content creator out there that's not giving this a perfect score. Uh, this is, uh, unfortunately, will not be getting an Infinity Snap today. 
So I'm sorry, Isaac. Screw you, Jarrett. Let's talk about Jarrett real quick. I, <laughs> I want to just address something real quick. I want to address, address the other one in the room. If you threw your phone just now and then you got it fixed and then you opened the podcast back up to listen to the rest of this episode, first off, you have a lot of bravery. Second of all, Jarrett's wrong. It's yeah. six out of six. And that's okay. the end of the discussion. So I just want everybody to know that I'm changing Jarrett's rating to a six. <laughs> this is an infinity snap. Infinity snap. You heard this, it. There's very few moments where we feel like we have to do this, but we have to do it right now. Jared is wrong. It's a six out of six. Our show is giving it an infinity snap. <laughs> Consider this an infinity snap. Ladies Love and gentlemen. it. Yep. So, um, no, I, I think Worth Jared it. loved it. I think he was just, he, he's just being technical, which we love. Um, Scott, Higo will also enjoy the, the, uh, the decimals. So let's break this puppy down. Uh, we're going to, we're going to walk through, we're, uh, we're going to miss some stuff. A two and a half hour long movie. We're going to aim for 90 minutes. We're going to try to talk about the big things, um, but I, w- I want to start with with the first thing you talked about, and that's Daredevil being introduced. Uh, and I want to keep the spoilers away from a certain other character from the Netflix universe that was introduced, Isaac. So we're not going to say that character's name on okay. this episode because people may have not caught up with other things that are going on in the MCU. So um, what was your thought? You, you talked about how excited that was. Why did that set the bar so high for you? Uh, I think that was because it set the bar high because that was one cameo that I was not sure was going to be in this movie. Like I was 100% positive that Andrew and Toby were going to show up in this. I going into the movie, I didn't know. I like, I I think I had put the percentage at like maybe 30 or 40% that, or maybe even 50, 50 that Charlie Cox is going to show up as daredevil. Um, And when the, other character that shall not be named showed up in a different show. I was closer. I was like 90 to 95% sure that daredevil was going to show up. And when he showed up in the first five minutes, that just showed to me how wild this movie was going to get. Like I thought he was going to maybe show up second act, maybe late second act, kind of the same time around, the other Spider-Mans, which is kind of when we all predicted they would show up. Um, But they came out swinging and it got me, it hooked me right away if I wasn't already hooked. So, and this, this leads to another whole conversation about how do the net, this Netflix MCU completely canon or are these guys alternate versions of of the MCU. Yeah, we got about Netflix shows. Yeah, we we got a lot of time to to break this thing down. I, I just want to say this I want to say this about it cuz I want to give the time to other things. I think these are characters from the MCU. I, I mean from from the Netflix show. I think it is going to be canon. I think there's ways to write it in. The only question mark is what do you do with Jessica Jones and Iron Fist? I like Jessica Jones, but a lot of people, pretty much everybody doesn't like Iron, Iron Fist. Yeah. So that's the question you got to do. If you can bring everybody I, else back, I think that's fine. Honestly, I don't think you have to bring everybody back. Like, I think I think it's fine. You you bring Daredevil and some of his supporting cast, possibly Jessica. You don't even have to bring anybody back. Maybe Punisher is the one that you have to bring into since everybody kind of collectively loved John Bernthal's Punisher. But other than that, I don't I think you can pretty much just ignore the rest. Like you can acknowledge that they yeah. exist, but you don't need to bring them into the MCU necessarily. Yeah, so nothing, but that's just me. And, and I think that is what it is. But that we'll talk about that another time. Um, 
Let's talk about this movie. Quentin Beck frames Peter Parker for murder and reveals his identity to the world. And his Aunt May and Ned Leeds are interrogated by the Department of Damage Control. We get a slight thing before Matt Murdock that I want to talk about, too, that Nick Fury is off planet. Yeah, that was like this movie takes place right after the the second movie. This is like, yeah. no yeah. lie. This is a quick- literally I mean, the first the first scene is the last scene in far from home like they're the they're this the movie ends footage. at the last at, at basically the point of hawkeye this all happens for spider-man from the end of endgame to christmas the mysterio bit and all of this stuff happens before christmas to him yeah right and they and they mention a couple times in the movie that like it christmas it's christmas season it's not christmas yet um so it's like happening the same time as hawkeye Basically, probably Hawkeye might be a little bit further down the line. Timeline is a little unclear, but but still like it's like I think we're all caught up now on the MCU. Like right. Like now we have a more linear like we we've had the blip. We've had or we've had the snap. We've had the blip this whole year of MCU shows and movies. The timeline's been a little muddled as far as like when does this stuff take place? I think from here on out it's linear like this is happening all in a row now i feel like so and, and, and maybe that's the shows- fine and i and that's okay because like there's so much world building that i'm gonna be i personally am going to be empathetic to this as long as you either right. correct it publicly or in the next movie just make a correction and make a joke about it right well and and like you and i we don't care when that timeline is we're gonna consume these shows we are gonna enjoy these shows the I casual care if it gets MCU- egregious. I care if it gets egregious, but it's, yeah, it's, it, yeah, true. it doesn't, but it, it has these, mis- yeah, these mistakes aren't egregious typically. Right. And it hasn't gotten egregious, but no. like the typical, like the casual MCU or not even MCU, the casual f- person that may or may not watch these shows or movies is going to get a little confused, but that's not, I don't, I don't think that's a big, I yeah, I don't think that's a big deal because we're going to consume that content regardless. So, so they make an interesting story choice here that, Peter, MJ, and, and Ned are trying to apply to MIT. And because of all this hoopla, they don't get into MIT. And this sparks for Peter. Oh, I got to go talk to Dr. Strange. Now, the one loophole here is, and the question that I saw jokingly, I think from one of our buddies was, why didn't they just have him make everybody forget Mysterio? Then we get, True. <laughs> there's yeah. no movie then, right? But but I'm just like, that was <laughs> and, that was the one thing I thought of later. I was movie. like, yeah, that, that's dumb. <laughs> that, that was, <laughs> but you got to keep the story somehow. So Peter thinks, hey, I got to go to the Sanctum Sanctorum. He visits Doctor Strange. That's where we learned, and I talked about this earlier. We're not really going to break it down. We'll talk about this on the Doctor Strange movie review later and, and maybe episode 100. I think we're going to be talking about some of this in episode 100. So make sure you come back oh, to yeah. hear more of our thoughts. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Doctor Strange reveals that he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. So Benedict, so Wong has been doing all the hoopla from like, you know, that, I mean, that's also why in, um, I guess post snap. Well, and in Shang-Chi, that's why he's the one that grabs them, not Dr. Strange. Mm -hmm. Because that was a question. It was like, why is Wong doing this instead of Dr. Strange? Exactly. It's because he's the Sorcerer Supreme, which is, I thought that was just interesting. Uh, Strange suggests that a spell would make people forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wong obviously warns him against it. He gets permission from him because Wong says, just leave me out of it. And Peter constantly requests all these alterations. So he's like, hey, make it so my aunt remembers him. Hey, you know, MJ, hey, Ned, blah, 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 blah. Side note on that, though, like, they, 
Marvel does a great job of this. They totally misled us with that first trailer. Like they they made it look like Doctor Strange was being super irresponsible. Like he was just like flying by the seat of his pants. They even had a different line by Wong saying, don't cast that spell, which he did not say in the movie. Yeah. So and then like we come into this, this uh, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. They totally misrepresented that whole situation. Doctor Strange is being he's still he's still his cocky self like he is. He knows he can do the spell, right? Like he suggests the spell, but he's being a lot more conscientious of the repercussions of the spell than we were led to believe. And I also liked the line of do you remember the party um, where where they uh, where him and the original Sorcerer Supreme met? Uh, in the movie, whatever that location, whatever location that was, he talked. Do you remember this event? And he goes, "No." And he goes, "See, it worked." So I was <laughs> yes, like, "Oh, that's that really great. funny." Like, it, it makes me wonder, like, how many forgetting spells is Doctor Strange? <laughs> yeah, that also exactly. leaves open too, though, Isaac. And this is a complete side note, but this is Max Fine, and I'm sure Mark thought this too, actually, because Mark and I tend to think this way. I tend to think this way. This is how the X Men can live in. This oh, universe. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. This is if if they want to not go multiverse, this is how they can live in it. So, um. Uh, and this spell doesn't work. He contains the spell, but it, he kicks Peter out when he realizes Peter didn't go talk to MIT, which I thought was hilarious and brilliant and awesome. That was so funny. Yeah, and this, and this Isaac for us, cause you and I went together. I'm not lying to you. I, I have not laughed harder in a movie than I did in this movie. This is the funniest movie I've ever watched. It was a, it was a hilarious movie. Like I'm talking, I was laughing as much as I do in a classic dumb and dumber Christmas vacation. Like I'm laughing as much in this movie. And it's because of lines like this. Um, Peter goes to the Alexander Hamilton Bridge to convince the MIT administrator to accept leads in MJ's application. But the bridge is suddenly attacked by Otto Octavius. And Parker, wearing his Iron Spider suit, battles Octavius on the bridge while attempting to save the MIT administrator. Great battle scene here. This is a great tone setter of what this movie is. Um, and, and obviously before, like, we, we, we glanced over it, but we got to see Peter's life under fire with the whole world knowing who he is which I thought was just tremendous. Um, he's having to hide. He, he's fla- he, he's um, thwipping and doing all his spider yeah. swinging in public. And trying to do it, yeah, trying to do it secretly. Like, they go into the sewers to try to avoid, you know, people and detection and stuff. Like, yeah, that was a really good portrayal of what it potentially could be like as a yeah. superhero who everybody knows who you are. Yeah, I, I thought that was really brilliant, well done. And in, in the context of Spider-Man's story, it just continues to add to the lore and the mythology of this character. Oh, yeah. Um, so Parker, wearing the Iron Spider suit, battles Octavius on the bridge as he's trying to talk to this MIT gal. And, you know, he he calls MIT stupid, which was hilarious. <laughs> Accidentally, <laughs> but he, it just shows awkward. Yep. It's fun to see awkward how awkward Tom Holland continues to get as he, as he gets deeper into this character. Like, right. he was kind of a little hip and with it. Because, you know, every high schooler feels confident, but he's losing the confidence now because he's an adult. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I really liked that. I loved it. It was tremendous. Um, This battle with uh, Octopus. Let's talk about Doc Ock. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Yeah. I mean, fantastic battle. Like, and we didn't see, you know, we got glimpses of it in the trailers, but like the CG in the scene is good, man. Like. It's it's really good. And like you see the classic um, Doc Ock tentacles. Man, it was so good to see that on screen again. Uh, Alfred Molina kills it. Uh, He is fantastic as Doc Ock. Um, 
you mentioned like this is a hilarious movie. One of the funniest parts in this movie was when Doc Ock absorbs some of this nanotechnology and Peter is able to pair his his suit or the tentacles to his suit and control the tentacles with the nanotechnology that he absorbed. Like he was able to lock down Doc Ock's tentacles with his suit. And after he did that and Doc Ock is like immobilized, it was just like, what the heck? This is, this is amazing. I, yeah. I and it, it really this. shows the intelligence level of Peter Parker too, which is such a, oh, like, yeah. it's, it's an underrated piece of this character. Right. And I feel like, Tom Holland has not really had a chance to showcase that in the like he he has he's had moments where he's he showed his like um, intelligence and brilliance but like he really was able to showcase that in this movie with starting with that and then later in the Doctor Strange fight will which we'll get into in a bit but um, yeah I thought this was a perfect perfect transition and then you know he great fight like awesome Everything about that fight is great. And then it ends with Goblin throws the the bomb. And that part was fantastic where Doc Ock looks up and he's like, Osborne? Like he, I mean, he obviously thinks Osborne is dead because in his universe, he is. That was another really cool thing was that like they collect all these guys from the multiverses, right? So... I mean, three of these get three of these five villains are dead in their universes, but they're snatched right from their multiverses right when they're about to die. So, like, they obviously don't know they're dead or going to die. Um, but that was like a really cool thing. Like, they kind of like just like I was a little worried. Like, when is how is the timeline working in all of this multiverse stuff? They kind of were just like we're bypassing all of that. Um, it doesn't matter where you are in your timeline in your multiverse. We're bringing here, everybody here. Here and was not the, worrying about the that. big. Well, and it's a big dilemma in the MCU moving forward because like and this where it opens up so much. You can now pull any character from any Marvel property. Yeah, ever. right. I mean, they could go get the Fox X-Men. They could they go could get they could call Chris Evans whatever and say, they want. come be the, the human torch again. Like, I mean, <laughs> oh my I'm gosh. serious. Like they could. That would be I, amazing. I, think, I would I would love I would love I think that. that's a very real That'd possibility, so Isaac. I think all of this is I think have, every have everyone's coming back and Chris coming back Evans human torch interact with chris evans captain america like <laughs> would that be i don't know if we'll the see that I, ever i do think captain america is done but i oh, do yeah, think, I think he is too but because I, I think they really want to lean into mackie but that would be fantastic man this is where it really opens it up so like let's i'll talk about the multiverse stuff in general then i'll talk back to the story the multiverse stuff this is where it makes the netflix stuff smooth and easy it's so easy for those guys to just oh yeah come in now no problem absolutely also this makes it easy for you to take the X-Men of old, whichever iteration you want and use them. Probably the original from the early 2000s because Feige was on that and he's smitten of that that group of people. Right. Well, I mean, even, you know, like you said, you can pluck the ones you want. Like Days of Future Past did a great job of that. Like they were like, hey, McAvoy, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen and um, Fassbender, they're all fantastic. Let's just use those guys. Like they could pick any of those guys and you know play them however they want with this they yeah can, I, I think i think that's what's going to happen i think that's what this movie showed and this was sony's showcase of their thing but but feige's now got to be foaming at the mouth of like the big avengers thing has to be uh, assembling every multiverse i think it's got to be secret wars there's there's no way it's not secret wars now 
I, I would almost bet a small sum of money that Hugh Jackman's coming back for one movie. Oh and so gosh. is and so are all the original fantastic don't four. don't tempt me i, I think i think that's all on the table right now and i think like this movie proved it can be done let's talk about how they they build the story in this this is brilliant this this the, i cannot praise this movie enough for this choice it all made sense it was all coherent they made shifts to every character that needed shifts so melina is is aged down they de-aged him they used the de-aging technology the whole movie and he looked great he, he looked, looked fantastic. Great. Defoe yeah. is de-aged. He looks great. Looks basic. They both look basically the same. Defoe yeah. looked a little older, but Molina looked great. I mean, they both yeah, look tremendous. But Defoe's like a crazy dude, so like his look was perfect. Like Lizard looks exactly like Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. One, he looks great. Sandman, they kept him pretty much sand the whole time, which I thought was great because in Spider-Man 3, that was so tough. That was so tough to do CGI-wise. I really agreed with the choice. I actually think they used archive footage, Isaac. I don't think I think they used footage from spy, filming of Spider-Man three because there were some shots that looked a little wonky. Like at the end when and I'm fast forwarding now, but when they all disappeared back to their universes, I think that was a shot from Spider-Man three. I don't that, think that was a new shot. You don't. So you don't think um, Thomas Hayden Thomas Hayden Church did any shooting for? I this? think he did, saying? but I think they took a lot of archived footage. Of okay. him like looking at his hand and I mean, stuff from you're the not, old movies. You're not wrong. It looks very similar to. He Spider-Man looked just 3. so. Either he looks he's aged great, or they de-aged him again. I I, I just he was yeah. a little different because I think the old footage could be used for the context of his character. But Jamie Fox is where really I, I thought Jamie Fox shined the context of the I, other four. I Defoe love obviously the is the, that they did hit to his character like yeah. that. Yeah, that was Defoe. Fantastic. Defoe was the top dog because Defoe had to carry the big arc of killing aunt may and really making peter choose the life he wanted to live moving forward that was awesome and now it shows we don't have to get a norman osborne in this universe which is interesting that was an interesting choice too they might do it but i don't think they will now i think they're going to keep defoe as i think this goblin yeah. in his arc. i mean i think they would love to do it but they're they've still got so much red tape with sony that i I don't think I don't think that that's going to happen. Unfortunately, I'd love to see it happen. Unfortunately, and you got to go full tilt with him. It, you have to go right. full tilt with him. He has to be like right. affecting the whole world. He has to be in. Other oh, products. yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's such a big player in the Marvel Universe. Like you either got to go all out with him or not. I agree. At all. I agree. But but you and I were talking about Jamie Foxx really shined bright in this. And I agree. The changes they made to Max Dillon, the character, which and we have spoken on this several times in the Amazing Spider-Man 2. The problem with Amazing Spider-Man 2 was not Andrew Garfield or, or Jamie Foxx. It was everything else. Literally everything else. It was everything else. And it was it was the scene of him save of trying to save Gwen is the best part of that movie and it's emotional and for Jamie Foxx's character, he was a badass in that movie. I will say like I I did I didn't mind his electro. I didn't like the blue look that no, was but no like one the did. visual the visual effects in Amazing Spider-Man 2 still hold up. Like, like that that movie could have been so good if they had rewritten the whole script. <laughs> like, well, you mean script if Kevin Feige, terrible. if Kevin Feige had been in charge of it, that's what would have happened. Yeah, no, awesome. This gives Jamie Foxx a chance to flex his muscles on this character. Um, this gives yeah. this gives them a chance to kind of rework it in a way that's really well. And he played he played such a like great kind of cool comedic like relief in the in that villain like like scheme or whatever like he was kind of the guy that was like 
funny, but he wasn't like just shouting corny lines at, you know, at, at random moments or anything. He was still like playing it cool, but he was I mean, he was funny. He was probably one of the funnier villains in this. He in was this great. Movie. It was this was tremendous. All the dialogue with them is tremendous. Tom Holland Spider-Man catching them was tremendous. Sandman being for Spider-Man at first because they had a good arc at the end was tremendous. Honestly, like that was one of the better parts of these villains was that every single one of the villains was like kind of with Tom at some point. Like they 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 were on board with what he was doing to try to help them. And then obviously Norman, you know, went nuts and and kind of turned everything well on i mean head. and and listen to the the voices in the room like it's like you will die if you go back right okay well i've got to try to not die right. when i go back it's pretty good motivation for right. anybody to try good motivation for anybody to or not go back in in electro's case like he's right like, so i i mean I'm fine for me i yeah that's where i really enjoyed this i thought they explained it well i thought it worked i thought the decisions everybody right. made made yeah. sense like they spent the perfect amount of time explaining each character they spent the perfect amount of time on their motives like everything just worked with mm-hmm. all of those villains and it, it just flowed way nicer than i expected it to with the crowded cast that they have here's the other part okay, so let's talk about green goblin and let's let's talk about defoe for a little bit so they had to go get him at the feast building which by the way we just glance over the fact that feast is there like i mean that that's another like matt murdoch thing in this movie yep it was like oh feast is there now okay yeah, here we go right. like well and, and we had seen like leaked pictures of the feast truck um i i'm a little bummed honestly that we didn't get a mention of miles morales like i mean jamie fox mentions at the end of the movie oh man i wish there was a black spider-man there's probably one out there somewhere or something she says something you open the door so effect. let's talk about this this is robbie's in my if i have one gripe about this movie this is my gripe how do you not have some form of a cameo of miles morales in this movie you know i i feel like a cameo is a little t- no th- it was time this is the moment i to, see to, okay to sign that person a cameo would have been okay i would i don't want to see miles morales as spider-man in this movie though because i feel like that would have been a little much if he had shown mm-hmm. up as a character a person that would have been absolutely fine, and I probably even would have as loved a little that. kid, we could have had him yeah, as a little yeah, kid. Yeah, I'd be absolutely fine with that. That would have been fantastic. I I think this was a huge lost opportunity. I I think there's so much hype for Miles Morales. Obviously, the second and third parts. Now that we know that Spider Verse films will be a two part uh, duo after this, I gotta tell you, Isaac, as a because that's my number two Spider Man after this movie. Um, Miles Morales has to be part of this. I mean, he, he's so critical. The demand for him in this universe, if, if the MCU is truly taking the approach of, hey, we want to be diverse and we want to I you know, agree. And have representation, how, the popularity of Miles Morales right now, have him in I mean, universe. they would, it's criminal. I think they'd be doing a disservice to not introduce him at some point. But um, the thing is, like, they have already, they had already opened the door to Miles Morales in, I believe it was Homecoming uh, with, Aaron Davis yeah. uh, being a character in Absolutely. Homecoming. He mentions Miles and Morales they just, in that movie. They haven't followed up on that. Like they, like you said, it could have been a perfect opportunity to introduce him. I in agree. I think so. even a multiverse version. I mean, I'll contend. If they had said, we're going to hire the actor that played Miles Morales in the cartoon to come be a live-action version of this, 
it would have been tremendous. Did you? I mean, we okay. So we've been joking about live action Spider Man happening, live action into the Spider Verse happening, literally for like a year plus on this yeah. podcast. Would you? How like how crazy would it have been if we had cartoon Miles Morales? as a character in this movie like this movie is so that would have been this movie is so bananas it's so off the wall that it wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered it wouldn't have mattered and people would be like no the nostalgia of the previous characters is what needed to be the focus i'm sorry guys into the spider-verse is better than all of those movies all of them i agree i agree with you no i'm with you on that into the spider-verse is the my in my opinion it's the best movie ever of all time but i still think no i i still think that but i i i think that it's just a little it would have been a little too much because it this movie was already a lot it was a lot to take in zane zane was sitting over there at the end of the row not saying a single word because he was like i think he was just like kind of dumbfounded by everything that was going on in this movie yeah no and, and and this was a lot and i'm and i'm not saying that would have been an easy task I'm just making a point that m- more than and we get the Max Dillon talking to his Spider-Man scene at the end, you know, referencing a black Spider-Man. I wanted it. I think the audience could have handled it, Isaac. I really do. I think everybody oh, in the room has seen the, that. Maroon I think you're right, though, movie. in that he absolutely could have made a cameo like as a kid or just a random character. This is this is it. a huge missed opportunity on the post credit scene. Massive missed opportunity. It, th- this it's. It's it's the flaw of this movie, I, and and Robbie said that as well. That was his big big gripe. I I think this was a this is the moment. This is the moment to do it. And if you're Amy Pascal and Sony, you got to continue to fight to stay in this MCU. You got to continue to fight that battle, and you got to fight to get this character in there. And and I think Kevin Feige wanted it too. I think I I would love in the future when Kevin Kevin Feige finally releases everything that was talked about to know why they didn't do that. It, my my guess is that it was full. It was too full. And I'm sure some people listening think that. But but for for this but, is the only time you're going to get this Spider-Verse movie. Mm-hmm. Why would you But not? like with with bringing that reference from Jamie Foxx and with bringing Feast in. Oh no, I'm sorry. My question is why? Movie. Why didn't you? Because you already had those two references, you know? Like I Strange imprisons Osborne with the others, then prepares a spell contained within a box that will send the villains back to their respective universes to meet their fates. So this was the MacGuffin of the episode of the movie, excuse me. Sorry, it's an MCU movie, so it is kind of an episode. Um, Because that was a big question we had was, what the heck is this box about? Um, Great, great, great item. Another great plot device. I thought, is it a cheap MacGuffin? Sure, but like, it's a kill switch. All we got to do is press the button. Yeah, Um, totally. And Peter has astral projection, his, his astral self pulled out of him by Doctor Strange. And his spider sense prevents Doctor Strange from grabbing the box. <laughs> that was that was one of Whoa. the best parts in this movie regarding so Tom underrated. Holland. That was amazing. And that was, I mean, we saw a special showcase of his spidey sense in um in uh Far From Home at the end, you know, when he's going through the hallway. Yeah. But like his spider sense is something in live action that I feel like hasn't been emphasized. So I love that they are they are making it a thing in the he MCU. has the squiggles like was, over his head oh my god when he's in astral amazing. projection did you see that 
Yeah, yeah. He, was, it looked it was it was the same as the comic books and Spider Man Spider into the Spider Man. And the way and the way like so Strange is trying to get the box, right? Like he's like trying to grab it and Tom Holland just like <laughs> swims back to his body. Oh, so great. Oh my gosh, that was that was hilarious. That was And so and there's funny. a huge fight they get he pulls him into the mirror dimension. This is tremendous CGI. Yeah. Great tremendous storytelling scene. and this is a morality fight now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of who spider-man is spider-man has to make the choice of and and i'm not gonna lie to you isaac it logically makes comp- dr strange is not a bad dude for saying oh no back what are you doing no, no no yeah dr strange is a very logical black and white cut cut and dry kind of guy in the comics and in the mcu like he's like all right well they got to go back to their universes because uh, like, we're gonna if they die they die like yeah exactly we're gonna tear apart reality if these guys stay here so yeah they can sacrifice for the greater good like dr strange is thinking big picture yeah obviously because he's a big picture guy spider-man is i mean this like you said this is classic spider-man mentality we're gonna try to save everybody regardless if we fail or not like these guys deserve to be saved and given a chance at redemption and that was i feel like this movie like redemption is a huge huge piece yeah um, as we see later with with andrew and with toby but man they are hammering the key aspects of spider-man into tom holland and we have we've we've gotten glimpses of it in the first two movies which are fantastic movies this is the movie that solidified tom holland as the best spider-man to me like yeah he he this is it like he finally and i have been i have had this qualm with tom holland spider-man is that uh the stakes are not high because he has he has iron man to back him up and he has the avengers well yeah that too but he has really no motivation because we know nothing about uncle ben before this point um but guess what aunt may is his uncle ben and it happened in this movie i am absolutely thrilled with how they did this like just just incredible how they changed the story to make it the same story like the same motivation that peter parker spider-man has but they changed it to you know to fit in the MCU. Like, I mean, we've been talking about that in Hawkeye, how they're pulling this, um, this comic book run straight from the comics, but they're adapting it. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need Mephisto. You don't need Mephisto to make the one day. Exactly. One more day story. Yeah. It's, it was, it was just perfect how they fit this into the MCU. And I, again, this is like, this is the icing on the cake. Tom Holland, is I think he's the best Spider-Man now. Like I, I, do too. I, I was still holding yeah. on to Tobey Maguire and nostalgia. Love, love Tobey Maguire. Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man now. That's, yeah. One more that's day is me. a tremendous arc. Go read that if you haven't. It's it really. We get this mirror dimension fight. Yeah, right. and this mirror dimension fight, Isaac. This is some of the best Doctor Strange CGI we've seen since the first Doctor oh, Strange. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if this is a sign of things to come for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness with Raimi behind the camera, I mean, come on, man. I mean, this is – it makes me wonder, too, since we're in the vein of the discussion, but, man, what could Raimi have done with the CGI he has now in these previous Spider-Man films? I think that – I think I think yeah. Spider-Man 3 would have been way better 
had the CGI been there. Look, I think wild. it would have been better. I really do. Uh, it would have been better, but like that, I mean, that's that movie is a whole. And you can't change the whole episode emo Peter Barker thing. Yeah, there is a lot. That was of an interesting stuff choice. That, that was movie. a bold choice. Yeah. Um, bold. Very bold. So the mirror dimension fight. Uh, strange plans on trapping Peter there till this is all done. And Peter uses math to defeat magic, which I thought was just an interesting like because, you know, you get these characters in the MCU, like the Iron Man's who like it's science versus versus um, magic. And you get like Thor, you know, versus, uh, you know, in the comics, you get like Reed Richards. Right. And you get the Dr. Dooms who kind of trot and live in both worlds. Um, This was just a great example of how that works. And, And the comics do this all the time. And if you're a comic book nerd like we are on this show. Man, this just brought the light to just see him use the Fibonacci sequence to totally take down Doctor Strange was just tremendous. Yeah, um, it wasn't that Fibonacci mm-hmm. it was some other math thing that I'm too uh, dumb yeah, to know. Some geometry term. If Jared exactly. was here, if Jared <laughs> was here, that, that he'd be like, well, not smart actually, enough to know. <laughs> him or Zane, they would totally well actually. Yeah, Zane, if you if yeah, you know what absolutely. math thing it was and are smarter than me about that, email us at the Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, he but he steals the box and leaves Doctor Strange there, and that's when I knew like this is going to end badly. Wild, this is going to end badly. You can't leave one of the most powerful sorcerers and the only person who's aware of this event off the board, and that's what he did. Yeah. And um, yeah, and that's when Peter smuggles the villains into his apartment, and that's where he he cures Doctor Octavius. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. Oh he cures Otto Octavius, and this was the and this was like. This is the story part of this is the part of the story because like I was trying to think around myself like first off how are they going to escape Doctor Strange's prison was the first question I have and second of all the trailer gave you the Civil War Spider Man Doctor Strange vibe so what are they going to fight about was my question like right. and I understood yeah. like hey you got to send him back but I was I really was having a difficult time for wrapping my head around like why is Peter going to defend them after everything that just happened in Endgame why is Peter going to want to threaten all of reality again. And the motivation was redemption. Like you talked about these redemption arcs and you see him get success. Like, and they, and they totally like convinced me. Like I was like, yeah, maybe he is going to save all these guys. I knew like there was a big fight coming with these guys, but like I got sucked in Isaac. I got sucked in mm-hmm. and that's great yeah. storytelling. I thought yeah. they did a great job here. Exactly. And they, they're mm-hmm. Dylan's about to be cured. And then Osborne flips the script and right. totally convinces them I mean, to leave. The fact that the fact that there is compelling storytelling for five villains is just incredible. Like it's 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 just how well done they did. Yeah, I, I agree. This I, like this, it's just it's incredible. And the and the blessing of this movie is that it has eight other films to back it up, just like the MCU does. Just like the MCU does. Yeah, right. And now they're all canon to the MCU, <laughs> which is. Time out. Time. Fantastic. Oh my God. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Bully McGuire is Spider-Man now movie. canon in the MCU. He's canon. He's canon in the MCU. <laughs> Think about that. Feige, you SOB. Paul Giamatti as Rhino is canon in the MCU. <laughs> dancing, Just... dancing Peter Parker as an emo Spider Man is canon to the MCU. Yep. Yeah. Brilliant. Christmas Thank came you. early. Thank you, Kevin. Christmas Feige. came early. <laughs> Christmas came early. Yeah. Thank that's you. tremendous. It's all that's I tremendous. Wanted. Um <laughs> yeah, this is this was great. And this just I agree. We get this amazing fight. 
with Peter Parker and Green Goblin. And I love the choice to make Green Goblin the main the main head honcho in this one, Isaac. Absolutely. When, Willem Dafoe crushes when he, it. Well, he like, doesn't just crush this role. He wow. crushes Peter Parker in this scene. When he body Absolutely. slams him down those levels, you're sitting next to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was like. I know. Yeah, we were both just like. shnikes. He's wrecking he this building with a body. obliterating him. Yeah. And at this point, too, he doesn't have any gadgets. It's just Green Goblin, Spider-Man with his bare hands. Like, and you forget, too, in the first Spider-Man how strong he was. Oh, yeah, right. Like, I mean, he he just throws punches at Spider-Man and sends him flying. Like, he's he's superhuman strength. But, like, yeah, again, you forget that. But this this was a brutal, brutal, brutal. fight scene. Just this scene is yeah, the reason they called this movie dark. The um, poop. Yeah, if, if you listen to the interviews kind of going into this marissa tomei and peter parker uh, tom holland excuse me there's a lot of peter parkers in this tom (laughs) holland says that this is the darkest mcu spider-man movie to date and i believe this scene is the reason why um uh this was brutal and obviously we get the huge character moment here where green goblin throws that bomb at marissa tomei's aunt may and when he's holding his this is before he throws this bomb the pumpkin bomb when he holds his head back and you hear tom holland go mate please go but he can barely talk that's when i knew she was gonna die i was like she's dead oh yeah i know and and i had i had uh i mean we talked about it in a previous episode um of the infinity bros podcast that like somebody was probably gonna die one of tom holland's allies was probably gonna die I did not think it was going to be May, um, but the way they did it was just masterful. Um, I don't know how I feel about Tom Holland being completely alone right oh, now. I love it. In, I love that decision. Isaac. I mean, it is it's fantastic in in the sense that like he is he's Spider-Man by himself now. But like in the comics, I always appreciated that he has some support. Yeah somewhere he can turn to somebody at any point not not like iron man for gadgets but like a person that he can talk to he's got nobody at the end that's great no i i i would i i do i do love it like i did not see it coming at all but i i love the and respect the decision they made to do that because like and and you kind of feel that in the first two spider-man movies like great movies love them the stakes just aren't there. Like somebody can swoop in and help Tom Holland at any time and nothing bad really happens to him. You know, like he's fine. He loses everything in this movie. Like his personal stakes are as high as they possibly can be in this movie and they're and they're personal stakes. They're not universe saving. They're oh, not it's world saving. They're, I mean, everything's on the well, table. Yeah, here. that's. I mean, yeah. it's true. But like, but like, he gives up who he is. He gives up Aunt May. Like, he gives up everything in this movie, which, like, he needed to do to become truly Spider Man. In in my opinion, that's that's why he is the best right now because he made those decisions as Spider Man would have done 
Like, this is a Spider-Man decision. This is what makes Tom Holland the best Spider-Man. Yeah, this this is a great scene. This is this is why I think you and I will be advocating for Defoe to Plays get at least such a, a nod great at the creepy dude, man. Like, actor. He, he's this so is good you at said this creepy. before play Joker, man. He's, he yeah, could play I mean, Joker. you mentioned it during the the premiere. Uh he's like the Joker of the MCU. Like he is, he's the Joker of the MCU, it's no doubt. And and he he absolutely crushes this. This is better than in the first Spider-Man, I think. Because the other reason is is and he says this about his costume. He can't really in the first Spider-Man, they kind of move clunky. They're very clunky because they're they're their yeah, costumes right. are so blech. in this you got the CGI well, and, and the they, to- like they have this is right this is Spider Man like Green Goblin and Spider Man they're basically making one of the first superhero movies of all time they have n- not a lot to the limited go resources off of yeah. in Spider Man limited resources and they had, don't have the experience of fifty plus superhero movies that they can look back on and improve on like they they are the first one so yeah it looks it looks clunky it looks cheesy they move kind of funny um but i mean yeah again now with the technology with the cgi that we have and and by the way willem dafoe did all of the fighting did all of the scenes with tom holland like he I, I'm sure he probably had a stunt guy for for some of the stuff because well, sure. the stuff they do is wild. But like he he personally was like when he was signing on was like, I will not do this movie unless I am the one doing all of this stuff. Like he has final say over what parts he is in and and, you know, not doing. So Willem Dafoe absolutely deserves some nomination for you know supporting actor or whatever you whatever category you want to put him in there's not a, there's not an antagonist category is i don't think there is but man this guy just blew everybody's socks off in this movie like willem dafoe amazing amazing portrayal of green goblin and like you said dude I, and, and dude there's all dude like surpassed his original performance from Spider-Man. Well, we got to talk about his third act scene too. So yeah. we'll come back okay. to him in a moment. And that's a really big character arc for many characters. Okay. I would like to mention, so this is not green goblin related, but like back to the Aunt May scene again. I mean, we get the, we finally get the, with great power must also come great responsibility line, which I, it's essential to Spider-Man's character. That's the only time they ever have to mention in the MCU. Like that was it. We're fine. We can move on. I, you know, I've talked about this on so many episodes of the infinity rose podcast. Like this is Spider-Man's motivation. We finally have it. Now we can move on and he can be Spider-Man with, with yeah, the MCU. We finally know that the MCU Spider-Man up to date, these high school years, that was his prequel. Because because yeah, what he yeah, did basically to the rest of the MCU is unknown. Um, right. To the sure. audience, we know, and there's going to be deep character there. But now the big pickle with because that was the thing about at the end of episode was it one where Aunt May finds out. Everybody's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, we were kind of a little. You were a little flabbergasted right. about that. I remember we had we didn't have a show at that point, right. but like, yeah. you were like, nah, "I don't know how I feel about that." And now you can turn the table back. You have the depth. And the Uncle Ben joke that you've made, you and I have joked about this, how you want Uncle Ben to die on screen again, or you wanted to see that in some capacity to get that art. No, no, I never, I've never said that. I said, all we have to do is reference him. Yeah. We need some frame of reference I mean, no, of he, why Spider-Man is what he is. He's not. He is. We don't need to with see all due respect, another with all Uncle, due respect, Ben Uncle Ben's not important in this universe. 
He's not important. No, he, he's not. And yeah. that's fine because of what they did Agreed. in this movie. Uh, but up to the point that was up yeah, until was this movie, yeah. it was it was a problem. Now it's not. I a think problem a lot of people Marissa, what they did in this movie fixed. Marissa that. Tomei has been on the record of of saying in report in, in rumors and reports that she was not thrilled about her arc in this movie. With all due respect to Marissa Tomei, interesting. I don't care what you think because <laughs> absolutely, you, we needed you to do this. We, we somebody had to be the catalyst yeah. for this. For her, it, she and probably it, it just felt wants cheeky. to continue playing Aunt May in the MCU. Well, it felt that's, cheeky, that's probably. probably well, and, and, and let's talk character arcs here, real quick. Her her whole plot device in this movie was to make an irrational was to force Peter to make a probably irrational decision to save these multiversal villains who were bad. More than likely. And even after Defoe kills her, she's fighting on behalf of the morality of the subject. Now, Max Mosier, and I'm not speaking for you, but I'm speaking for me. I love it. I love that to the dent, to the end, you fight for what's right. And that's what makes Spider-Man who he is. And that's what makes the people well, around him who they yeah. are. But logically, mm-hmm. as an actor, defending your character's arc, I could see where Marissa Tomei could go, this doesn't make much logical sense. And to that I say, there's a big MacGuffin box that's a kill switch for the multiverse with Ned Leeds holding a, a sling ring and all this crazy-ish happening around us. I don't really care what you think of your character arc. This was so needed, Isaac. This was so needed. It was so Absolutely. emotional. Absolutely. We were emotional watching this. It felt like the beginning of Spider-Man. It felt like this is the start of, of a new thing. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. no way, by the way, yep. Tom Holland is the, is the Tony Stark of this universe now because he's now got them right where he wants them financially. He can do whatever he wants moving forward. They need him. As, as, both, both like, of them need as Tom Holland, not like as Spider-Man. I think like Tom Holland, actor, the actor, he, has Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal right where he wants them as an actor in terms of contract okay. negotiations. Yeah. There is yeah, there's I mean, the demand for him back is so big. He's the reason this movie exists because, right. you know, a year and a half ago, we thought we didn't know if this movie was going to happen. And it looks like right. based on how this movie turned out that a lot of people along the way didn't know if this was going to happen. Um, we'll talk about that on future episodes, probably. But yeah, I, I, this is yeah, man, this was this was so deep. This was so deep and so good. And it and it was the parallels to the first Spider-Man were there. And any fan of Spider-Man knowing the the great power comes great responsibility line. This was needed. I'm with you, Isaac. It was emotional. I loved yeah. it. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. It fixed everything that I had problems with about Tom Holland, Spider-Man up until completely this agree. Like it fixed everything. I'm, I'm all in on Tom Holland. And this is where now. the MCU really crushes storytelling. Cause anytime something really bad happens in the MCU, somebody dies or something big happens. They typically turn around and give us just a pivotal, critical, iconic scene. And here we go. Another, this is in the pantheon now of iconic scenes, guys. Ned Leeds has a sling ring, and he opens the portal. And the first thing you see, and Isaac, you you, you about jumped out of your seat sitting next to me. I Okay, before you say anything else, um, I, I don't know if you remember this, like what I was going through during this part. I was sitting next to Max. Max is on my right side. Uh he opens, he opens, he says, I want to see Spider-Man or something like that. He Peter opens Parker. the portal. I want to see Peter Parker. He wants to see Peter Parker, opens the portal. We see a figure, which we all assume is Spider-Man. It turns around 
And immediately I knew that was Andrew Garfield's lenses on his Spider-Man costume. And I turned to Max and I was like, it's Andrew. It's Andrew. Andrew is here. And sure enough, he starts walking forward and it's it's the amazing Spider-Man 2 costume, which is arguably probably one of the best Spider-Man costumes we've ever seen in live action. Fantastic costume. Um, but he comes in and at, at that point, everybody in the theater is freaking out. We had a great theater, by the way. Oh, my gosh, Oh, We had people Isaac, clapping. Yeah. We, had, we had people clapping. We had people cheering. It was it was, and it a was great appropriate theater. cheering because this is difficult to do. This is difficult to yeah. navigate because you'll get to some right. to do. This is difficult to navigate because you'll get to some theaters and they just where, cheer and literally was, with everything was, happens. Yeah, 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 I get you exactly. At Endgame, that's what happened. Everybody cheered for everything, so I missed a ton of lines. But I, I love the experience. But like, it did hold me back in some senses. This was not that. They laughed for the perfect amount of time. We were like throwing our yep. hands time. We were like throwing our hands yeah. up in the air yep. with everybody. There were times like, where I was like just like, we, yes, 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 clapping. Yeah, we, yeah it was yeah. tremendous. This was, this was the moment. And uh, Andrew Garfield comes through. He has to prove to them he's Spider-Man. Great scene. There's a lot to talk about the, these three. So I want to, we're going to glance over it. It's a huge scene. We're going to glance over the dialogue. Then Toby yeah. walks through. My, my heart wasn't ready Gosh. for that, Isaac, because like for that, Isaac, I, because me like either I totally thought this was my heart be a wasn't ready scene that Toby was going to walk in. That was I thought they were going to hang. In. I thought they that were going to hang us out a long time, but I think they knew they were like, look, we already just put you through the meat grinder with Aunt May. We got to give you this. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. This is tremendous. Great timing. Great comedic timing. Great acting across the board. I think it's great that. Ned Leeds is the catalyst to kind of get these guys in. I don't actually think this is a side note about Ned. I don't think he's going to be Hobgoblin. I think they made that pretty clear. Not anymore. No, I, I, yeah. Well, actually, I, maybe I now that I think about it, he forgot have a little maybe he will. inkling. Hmm. Oh, crap. They made, they did erase his memory. Dang it. I don't well, know. Well, no, okay, know. here's the thing. I mean, like, I was thinking, like, before this, potentially he could be the one that dies and come back in a future movie as Hobgoblin. Obviously, that's not happening. Maybe that happens down the road because Tom Holland is already. Oh, I will. I okay, not Tom Holland. Uh, Sony has confirmed that they are doing another trilogy with Disney. Yeah, Spider-Man those three trilogy. are coming back, man. Tom yeah, Holland those three are coming back. Yeah, yeah, Tom Holland will be back. He hasn't himself confirmed that he will be. He will be doing Spider Man with two more MCU appearances, not Spider Man movies. Um, and then he. I don't think he's fully confirmed that he will be back for the spider-man trilogy but so like, he actually only has so this was straight from sony's um ceo he has one more give back so sony has to give him those ca- character one more time after that he's yeah, a free so, man okay so yeah i said two one, but yeah. one. so but whatever yeah, like, mcu yeah, probably one. maybe the next avengers um maybe an appearance on like a tv show or something i don't know my gut tells me and we've talked about this before my gut tells me there's no way tom holland isn't coming back He's just yeah, like he's right. just like no he like you said I mean he's Tom like Robert Downey Jr. Is, he can ask for a hundred million right. and they're gonna have to give it to exactly him. now he is the guy like he is the center point of of the MCU even though nobody knows he exists in the MCU which is pretty wild to think about there's so many but, great storytelling I mean, yeah, arcs he, with that though he is so many oh fun gosh, ways you can mess with that great. we gotta keep going we're we're in, we're in the yeah, weeds yeah. we can't help it so then we get Tobey Maguire you and I get so emotional and let's talk about the nostalgia of this. I think this movie is going to impact people that are 25 or older in a lot of ways because seeing him back, seeing Garfield back, that was only seven years ago. And Garfield, Garfield's Spider-Man is goofy. He's much more quippy. 
And he's just jovial and just so uh, innocent is the word I would use. He just mm-hmm. feels innocent. He's yeah. been tattered, but, but he's innocent. Yeah. McGuire yeah. is seasoned. He's you see yes. the brokenness. Um, the age helps. Right. The age well, helps like, him in this in this circumstance. Right. Right. You I mean, we kind of assume just based on his appearance that this is like Peter Parker, probably years after yeah. Spider-Man three, like who, how many years? Who knows? But but like the way he looks and the way he's speaking, he makes it seem like this is like you said, a seasoned adult like Peter Parker. This He's been doing this a long Things time happened. now. Things happened and after Spider-Man three. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, I mean, and I love that because that's something we haven't seen in live action yet is an adult old Peter Parker. I mean, we we got to see it in Into the Spider-Verse, which was amazing. I want to see more of that in live action. I don't think that's going to happen with Toby, but like I I'm all in on an old adult Peter Parker. See him as like a CEO of Parker Industries, blah blah, blah all that stuff that happens in the comics. But that was that I loved how they portrayed both Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, because I, I'm not going to lie. Andrew Garfield stole the show in the scenes that he was in for me. I absolutely adore Andrew Garfield in this movie. Yeah, like he was fantastic. What did you I, think of the meetup with these guys? So this is Tom Holland's at his absolute low. He gets done watching the screen of J. Jonah Jameson just and it's a great I, I forget the content creator. Her name on TikTok. Forgive me um, for not. I, I like to give credit when I hear ideas like this, but. She saw this and she said, it's like, it's the dichotomy of a superhero and a man. The man, it's the close up of his face. The superhero, it's him versus the screen of people and the public name and and the Spider-Man character versus the world. And then Tom Holland, his grief on his face. I thought this was just a tremendous scene. It was a great artistic choice by by John Watts. Right. Behind the camera, we're not going to give him nearly enough credit, but absolutely crushed this movie. Great job by him. He -hmm. deserves, I'm I'm glad he'll be coming back for the Fantastic Four movie. movie He'll he'll be great for that movie. (sighs) Maybe that's the team up with. He'll be in. Uh, he'll be in that movie. Fantastic. Oh, he's going to be in that movie. Oof. That's the movie. I think. I was going to oh say that gosh. at the end. That was my kind of like crackpot theory. I think he's going to be in that movie. Oh gosh. That's going to be the big draw. They'll do that iconic scene of him coming Love down the, the elevator with them. But um, on on that scene though, okay, with with so Toby, they they suggest you know maybe he's at you know his place uh, that he you know is special to him whatever. They go to the the roof of the school, and. This is where, um, I mean, with Toby and Andrew, the nostalgia is thick and heavy. They do it well, but, like, I don't know if there's a way they could have done it that didn't include an extra layer of cheese. Um, There's a lot of cheese in these lines between Toby and Andrew and, and Tom a little bit, too. Like, especially in the lab scene that follows right after this, <laughs> it's goofy, it's hilarious, cheesy, but amazing. It works. It's cheesy, but it works. So anyways, we get into this scene, and the first thing I'm thinking when I see both of them on top of the, they're kind of like above him looking down, I was like, ah, this is this is like a little cheesy. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. But the second they start talking... And giving Tom their wisdom as Spider-Man, this scene becomes an emotional, very heartfelt scene. And it's it is honestly incredible to see these Spider-Man giving Spider-Man their 
advice, their life experiences as Spider-Man. Like this becomes one of the better scenes in this movie, I think. Um, even though it started out for me as like there's one to two lines of cheese. Is, I, I said know, that to you when we were in the theater. There's cheese. There's one yeah. to two lines that took me out of the moment because it was cheesy. However, mm-hmm. right. What were we signing up for? That's kind of what I've I've asked myself <laughs> since watching the movie. I'm like, right. what, what was my expectation? Right. And how, how do you yeah, not again, do that without being cheesy? With with Tom or, or sorry, with Toby and Andrew coming back, how do you, you do can't. it without the, the cheese? Whole, like, I don't I don't know if there the is a way bit that you is can that do it's it cheesy. Cheese. The whole bit. Th- this yeah, is the bit. Right. Like it's it, it was unable to be done. Right. And they and they see they took it and they played on it the way they should have. Like I they, agree, they did it very well. So yeah. I, I and can't I think Maguire, I think Maguire was more reserved coming back in this because he had some it felt to me like he had way less to say, but he showed it. His acting was yeah. just more well, there. And that's the that's one of the best parts of Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man in his movies is he's he shows his emotions very well in those movies. The writing is garbage. Andrew Garfield is not a bad Spider-Man, but the the writing in those movies is garbage. But he he is he's mm-hmm. a good Spider-Man because he can express his emotions very well, which Toby See, I don't know. I I don't know if I agree with cheesy. that. I think Toby Toby was showing some seasoned grizzle. I I felt Oh, in this movie, no, I was I was speaking the previous to films. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was just, that Spider-Man was that's the bad way to do in Spider-Man 3 is it's rough. So That's Right, that's bad cheese, um, which has become iconic. So we're ironically for iconic three, but ironically iconic, exactly. But um, I mean, and you you nailed it though. Like Toby comes across as this seasoned adult Spider-Man, and like Andrew is able to like express his emotion for like and andrew is a broken spider-man like he's got he lost the love let's talk about this let's talk about this hold on so i thought that he was going to talk about uncle ben too yeah but he didn't i thought that they both were gonna be like yep we lost both our uncle ben but they leaned more and i love that brilliant choice by sony and this is this is where i've got to give credit all the andrew stuff they leaned into the bad They made they fun did. of the bad. They did. Jamie we'll Foxx we'll makes to fun it. of the way we'll he looks and the way he acts. Where they, they're equipping we will, on but the Andrew bridge, Garfield. But. Andrew Garfield's like awkward. He's the most awkward of the three. Um, it, 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 they lean into the bad, and it was so good that they chose to not only keep all three stories relevant and canon, but to make it so that Andrew Garfield, that death with Gwen Stacy is so much. It was already amazing yeah. in the terms of weight. That scene got a million oh times better. Okay. This movie. So I know we're I know we're. I skipping said this ahead. to you before the. I said this to you before the podcast. Hold on, let me finish the other The Amazing Spider-Man one and two now are actually good movies. I'm saying it. I'm going out loud. I'm saying it. They're good movies now because this matters. Because these movies had an ending. The, the Amazing Spider-Man. The problem with that was like, oh, we didn't get a good ending with these characters. No, we did. It is now. Now they can be done with it if they want, or they could continue on it. And and I. I really appreciated the storytelling mm-hmm. choice to lean into Gwen Stacy's yeah, absolutely. death. Multiple references. I mean, to that. And, and this is, I'm playing off of what we're talking about here. I mean, one of the, probably for me, the most emotional moment in this movie was when he was able to save MJ after Tom mm-hmm. Holland gets knocked out of the way. 
the way that he I thought she was dead Isaac oh yeah I thought After she was Tom dying. gets knocked out of the way like you're like oh my gosh like is she gonna die is she gonna be another casualty of this whole thing Andrew Garfield gets redemption from his Spider-Man movies by saving MJ and the the interaction that MJ and Andrew Garfield have at the end just I was I was already like emotional after seeing that but like Andrew is like totally busting up MJ's like are you okay <laughs> like she just got saved from falling to her death and she asks Andrew if he's okay and he's like yeah you know what now <laughs> now I'm okay it's it's sure it's still sad but like you almost get a sense of like closure a little bit yeah it's sure sure it's not 100%. it's not like no it's, it's not he's a little not bit. getting it's a Stacy back obviously but like he gets a little bit of closure for for that moment and and the redemption oh, just oh man that was that was my what that probably is my favorite part in that movie honestly just completely agree incredible. i i don't agree that it's my favorite part but that's that's just that's subjective but the the arcs here to continue the arcs of what was built I did not Absolutely. expect that. I thought they were going to I thought they were going to have to to kind of figure and I was okay. I understood. I was like you can't really change no. what was done. Right. Um, well, and like you said, they I mean they they leaned into everything that had happened in the previous movies. They didn't like they didn't retcon things. They didn't like that was explain stuff away. They're like, "No. That those movies happened. This is their story and they are in the MCU now." So, like and I would have thought that the Sony Sony would have wanted to maybe change Amazing Spider-Man Two. I thought I I personally that was my fear going into this, and not even a fear that right. was my thought. I, I guess I wouldn't have been mad if they had done that either. Right. Well, and that and seeing Jamie Fox, you almost wondered if that's what they were gonna do because he looked legit in this movie, not like a big blue whatever he was in Amazing Spider-Man Two. So you wondered that for sure going into it like are the are these guys are they just playing the multiverse thing and um totally changing everything about these villains or are they truly from their universes and the fact that they were truly from their universes was incredible great 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 let's talk about all the quips and just let's let's just pull it all together so this is before the battle and the <laughs> science scene let me make something very clear the best 25 minutes of the MCU are these 25 minutes. That's <laughs> hard to argue. Yeah, it's it's not it's even hard to it, argue because it's in right behind it is the end game battle. That, that's probably number two, because right now I'm having a difficult time wrapping my head around anything funnier, anything more oh gosh, just we like were, we were busting than watching Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield cracks Tobey Maguire's back. They lean into the Tobey Maguire's back joke. Andrew Garfield tells them that he loves them. And they get to a in the big middle of this sandstorm. Hug, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. They hug at the end. I, I mean, the emotion, Isaac, of just these three being together, it just yeah, meant something right. to everybody and, involved. And side note, um, I, I mean, you know, we could talk probably half an hour just on this fight scene, but like when they all they all go and kind of fight a little bit, they kind of reconvene and meet up. They have the classic, like spider-man's pointing at each other type of thing oh, totally. <laughs> and it is and they it did it is. all they lean into meme culture they I mean, you, you, 
I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Oh my god! You know they lean when, into that. They lean into the some of the Willem existential Defoe said that I literally like yelled out loud in the theater. I was like, "Oh my gosh! I can't believe Unbelievable. they did that." Fantastic. Yeah, that's un- it's the st- the writing is brilliant, brilliant in brilliant. this. And, and you you have to lean in nostalgia in this. I know some people are like, "Oh, nostalgia." Yeah, you got to go like, all out or not, man. Like, what do you like want? You, yeah. What do you want from this? This movie is is the the pinnacle of if 10 they tried other movies. to play this that's as this a serious movie, it would have fallen flat on its face. So, well, in this movie, also we're talking about previous films. Isaac, this movie makes Infinity War and Endgame part of the Spider-Man oh, yeah. story. Like this is, and they were already, but now I actually think those have to be ranked in the Spider-Man movies because of how much weight it carried when he talked about it with these guys. Like. Thanos is one of his big villains now. That's what Peter Parker thinks. So, um, yeah, I mean, the quips were tremendous. The writing was, this is above my expectations, Isaac. I thought they would do this for like mm. five to 10 minutes. They did this for 20 to 30 <laughs> minutes. Did. Okay. But we, they, we they got, wouldn't stop. It didn't got, stop. I probably was four to five minutes of literally them sitting and chatting while they're yes. waiting for villains, like nothing else. It was just them talking. And it was amazing. And that's brilliant. Amazing, pun brilliant. intended. They called they called Andrew Garfield amazing yeah. about six times in a row. They it talk about fantastic. all their villains. They talk about all their villains, and that's where Thanos mm-hmm. gets dropped. They talk about the Avengers. We find out that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield don't know who they are. They think they're a band, <laughs> which was hilarious because so when, when, when Tobey Maguire goes, seriously? I was like, oh, wow. They're referencing. Wow. He's acknowledging awesome. that there's an Avengers team. Who in are universe. the Avengers? <laughs> I know. Like. They just like they're they so are, awesome. They the are. three of them together, they really value they each other. Like they really, and Andrew, really like Andrew's they really like, see like how I important wish, they are. I have always wanted brothers. Like he's just like eating this whole thing up. He he loves this. Well, and he's like, I want to yeah. fight an alien. I want to fight an alien. <laughs> he's like, I, I'm lame, guys. And then I'm we get, lame. No, 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 no. You're you're amazing. Well, and Toby Maguire talks about <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Toby Maguire talks about Venom. He talks about his existential crisis. Um, Andrew Garfield. You know, we we talk. He talked about Gwen, but he talks about just like so, he talks about Rhino. He so talks about valuable. the mechanical Rhino. Rhino, Rhino. Yes, thank <laughs> which you. Which is fantastic. Yeah, no, like they. Re- it's like they lean into the crap. They lean into. They oh leaned into gosh. the existential crisis of Peter Parker. Like the biggest flaw, I think, in the original trilogy was that's that whole arc. And like, just I really, really dug this, Isaac. I really felt like this was not just fan service, but this is like, hey, you know what? It's been mm-hmm. talked about for so long. It's been joked about. We actually are yeah. able to do it. Right. Let's just well, lean and, into and it. And Jarrett mentioned and it in his review. This is not just fan service. This is fan service done well, which this is done fan service right. done right. Um, I mean, there's fan service in a lot of movies, but this movie did it well. And I, I do want to I do like before I make my final like thoughts and everything, I want to see this movie at least two more times. And I want to sit on this for like probably two weeks at the least. Um, but again, this is top three MCU for sure. Probably number one. No for doubt. Me as a Spider-Man yes. fan like this is I'm with you. Mind blowing. Just how how well they they wrapped up this whole thing and just played to the fans in such a wholesome and incredible way i i great storytelling isaac is done 
in service of the character. And when you put the character above everything else and you put the arc of the character above everything else, that's when movies are done right. And that's why Endgame man matters because the story arc of every character in that movie was held at, at high regard first in this movie, every character is rewarded. I don't think that even the side characters were done less. I think Ned had a good arc. I think, I think Mary Jane had a good arc. I Michelle, think Michelle happy Jones. had a great arc. Michelle, forget yeah, Michelle Jones, whatever. Michelle, um, MJ. Michelle Jones. MJ Watson, had a great. I mentioned Watson a lot this time. Which Watson, is, yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, that was interesting. I just think, for me, I was so proud of. I'm I'm really proud of this movie too. This this movie is just like, this is it, man. This is this is how you do superheroes, and this is like, this is just writing well done, and you put. Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland's Spider-Man arcs first. All their arcs. And we're, we're bouncing all over the place. There's a lot to say about this end fight. This is the reason you go to the movie, right? Like, I mean, you, you don't have to, like, you don't have to be crazy to, to, to think that this is amazing. You don't have, you're, you're not a nut job. You're not, you're not pandering. You're not, you're not being cheesy. You're not being an MCU fanboy or a superhero nerd by loving this. You're being a human being that appreciates good oh, yeah. storytelling Absolutely. guys. And, and that's going to be, you're going to hear this. I'm reading some articles that are nuts. I'm hearing some people trying to be weird. And somebody actually reached out to me and said, so you hated Spider-Man, right? Cause you're the guy on the infinity bros <laughs> that hates all the things everybody else likes. Well, you do um, have that reputation. So. This ain't it guys. <laughs> I do have that reputation. This ain't it, guys. This is this is this is what it's all about. I'm so happy. And for, I'm so I happy, think those Max. twenty. I'm so happy that we all. It's so this. good, Isaac. Like this, it exceeded my expectations, though, Isaac. I, this is this exceeded it, and that's where I, Endgame was great. Endgame was tremendous, but my expectations were high. This, I was nervous coming into this. I was nervous about some decisions they were going to make. I don't. I did not trust Sony. I still kind of don't. Um, but I think. Just in wait until Morbius is Kevin in the Feige MCU, in the MCU. Then, then you'll trust them completely. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I hope not. Um, well, we're going to talk about the future in a sec here, but let's let's talk about a couple key scenes before we kind of wrap this up. And yes, this is going to be a long episode. Get over it. This is what you're um, here for. This is if they're at this for. point, they're like, yeah, if they're at this point, they're like, I'm already, I'm already I'm invested. Deep. I'm not out. I'm in deep. Um, I loved Tobey Maguire's scenes with um, Flint <sighs> and Doc Ock. The Doc Ock yes. scene, Isaac is incredibly <laughs> emotional. I me. I'm like I'm starting um, to get a little emotional just thinking about it now. Like yeah. the the yeah. nostalgia, like I I love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Um Spider-Man 2 and the f- first Spider-Man are up there in like I think Spider-Man is probably my favorite Spider-Man live action movie up until this movie. Um the nostalgia just played perfectly into the emotions in this scene. And it, it represented Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man like 100%. Like I had no sense that this was a different Spider-Man. Like he was the Spider-Man that he used to be. He's the same Spider-Man. Um, like you said, emotional scene with Doc Ock, which he didn't get towards the end of Spider-Man two, because he still was crazy. He had the chip, uh, that was fried at the end of Spider-Man two, he gets not, not necessarily redemption, but like he gets to reconnect with Doc Ock, who was a good friend before, um, he went crazy with the chip. Um, and he, okay. And we're diving into this now too, because that was the second major redemption 
was Tom Holland is because he got the crap kicked out of him and uh, Green Goblin killed his Aunt May. He is about to kill Green Goblin. He kicks the crap out of Green Goblin. He's got he's got rage going on. He's going to kill Green Goblin. And he has like there's there's no hesitation in Tom Holland at that point. Like he is going to kill him. And Toby Maguire steps in and saves Green Goblin. That was another very probably my second favorite part in this movie. Like another very emotional redemption arc. And obviously Tom or Toby didn't kill uh Green Goblin in the first Spider-Man movie. Um he, Green Goblin killed himself via his glider. Well, there's an argument to be made, Isaac. There's an argument to be made that he let him die. And that he carried the regret of that and that he did feel I mean it, it is insinuated in Spider-Man right, 2 and 3. Right. right okay. I, I think it's fair to say in this that for Toby Maguire's character that he felt that, that And was, he has he has guilt, he has regret. That's part of who Spider-Man is. He carries guilt all the time. Um but like he didn't physically kill him. Sure, could he have ma- I mean that's a, that's a whole whole another argument probably. I I think here here's what I'll say. I think I think he did carry oh, guilt yes, about that. Yes, I think he, he did absolutely think he killed carried him. guilt. And I think and and this is there's only one good thing about Jared's review of this movie. Jared made a great point that this is Toby Maguire's chance to reconcile with the two idols of his life. Yes. And well, at three, if you count Uncle Ben and like, you know, I get a chance to really give to the kid that had the, has just experienced this. So Uncle Ben, he addresses Uncle Ben. Then it's Green Goblin, Osborne. And then it's that scene with Otto Octavius. I mean, this is kind of for him a venture down memory lane because it is an older Spider-Man that's in this universe. That's in this movie, excuse me. And this is his chance to reconcile those tensions. And it led to him getting stabbed. <laughs> Which is, I thought he was going to die, gonna die too. If he dies... If he dies, are we blubbering? Oh, I mean, you would have been. I mean, that would have died. Yeah, absolutely. I think they had to not do that though, because they already had so much to emotional not do that, weight. Though, because right, exactly, they already if, had if so much dies, emotional that, that overlooks weight. That overlooks Aunt May's dying. Death. I think that would have that overlooks Aunt May's death. Yeah, potentially lessened the weight of her death if they had had Andrew or Toby die at the end. So, I'm I'm glad it ended the way it did. It would have been. It would have been fantastic if he did die but also i think the way they did it was tasteful and and it worked out well um but yeah i mean like when he steps in front of tom and stops tom from killing green goblin with his own glider which i'm sure was triggering for for toby right because that's how he died in the first spider-man movie um and he just Oh gosh, I'm getting emotional thinking about it now. The look on Toby's face when he looks into Tom Holland's eyes is like is like love and compassion for this guy who he he knows exactly what he's thinking, you know? Like just wow. I just the way that that was the best part for Toby in this movie by far. And I, if if nothing else, if Toby had been here for just that moment, I would have been OK with that because this moment was so impactful for his Spider-Man and for Tom Holland's Spider-Man that it just I, again, probably my second favorite part in the movie, like just incredibly do- well done. Uh, Toby 
There were, okay, so Toby, we, we kind of skimmed over it. Um, there's a lab scene where they're, all the Spider-Mans are joking around, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Andrew Garfield makes this little side quip about how Toby is dressed like a youth pastor, which was which oh, was gosh, hilarious. Yeah. But Toby, I don't know. Like the whole the whole time you kind of like I, I you obviously know he's Spider-Man, but like he's acting like an older Spider-Man. Like he's he looks older. He is moving like an older I mean, not older, like 40s type of guy um in this moment i looked past everything that i didn't like quotations because there was probably nothing i didn't actually like but in that moment everything that i had quip or qualms about toby mcguire's spider-man in this movie was gone i fully was like that's it that's it toby mcguire's redeemed in in my eyes uh, from his whatever he had done in his previous yeah. trilogy fantastic part yeah we, we're 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 smooning and we're saying the same thing so let's move on to the to the nitty-gritty um the pumpkin bomb gets lodged into the box which breaks open the entire multiverse loved that green goblin's yep. the one that does totally that. that's another great story um we get dr strange back he watches peter save them so that kind of changes his perspective on how to approach the situation which I think will be cool character. We'll talk about that in a sec. But so the multiverse opens up and they come to the realization. And, and I couldn't, I got to watch this movie again. And forgive me if you're looking for in-depth like perspective. I'm sure there's podcasts and, and content creator that know. But somebody was saying that I read that you could see Rhino. Yeah. So I, I noticed that there was a character that had a long horn on top of their head. Uh, to me it didn't necessarily resemble i wonder i wonder if it was like all yeah i wonder if it was all the spider-man could have been up there yeah i mean absolutely could have been yeah i don't know it, it's it's i'm sure some i'm sure there'll yeah, be screenshots right. out there soon but um and they come to the realization that the only way that this is going to close is if everybody forgets who he is and that's when it and that had never clicked to i mean i knew that was an option but it had never clicked to me that Doctor Strange would forget him. If yeah, that makes sense. Right, and that that scene is emotional and as well because I mean Peter's unbelievably Peter is giving up emotional. everything at yes. that point. He's already lost his Aunt May, but now he's giving up whatever he has left is going to be gone after that. And I mean, you mentioned it before. Doctor Strange is he's fantastic in this movie. He's in this movie a perfect amount. Like the way he's used in this movie was phenomenal very very well done shows his power set which is like dude he can close multiverse cracks like dr strange is legit but he also is feeling the emotion in that moment like dr strange is like tearing up at the thought of like i'm not gonna know peter parker anymore like and this is a huge stake too in the context of multiverse of madness so now instead of him being able to look back and go like, hey, I was really trying to help an innocent kid, it's the the communication from the multiverse villains that will be in that movie is what the yeah. heck were you thinking? The, um, and I'm sure there's yeah, more there's, layers I mean, to it. I'm gonna, sure there's external find out more things that are part of this. Multiverse of Madness. But like so after that moment, Doctor Strange forgets Peter. Um, 
is he just like sitting on top of the Statue of Liberty? Like, what the heck am I doing here? Right. Like, cause this whole thing. Yeah. That's a great question. He probably knows. <laughs> he probably knows he casted right. a spell, but he doesn't yeah. know why. It's probably, yeah, it's probably for, or for who he probably knows he did yeah, it, but he so doesn't know for who. <laughs> that'll be interesting and, to see how, yeah. how we get into multiverse of madness from, uh, Spider-Man. No yeah. That, but that'll just be an interesting burden he yeah. has to carry. And it'll be interesting to see if do the other characters communicate to him. You did this for somebody and he's trying to figure out who it is. That'll just be an interesting layer to that character. And then we get, I mean, and this is Spider-Man's character. He does not know. He moves into the crappy apartment his new beautiful suit as and I, I I read this too that the red is similar to Toby Maguire's and the blue is the oh, bright shiny blue from I, Andrew Garfield. I, it's the I mix mean, I, yeah, of the two nostalgic amazing. characters. I, I didn't catch that. That's that's awesome. It's a great attention to detail and great costume though. design. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait for uh, an HD still to come out of that suit because it's gonna look. Oh gosh, spicy. it'll be at the end of the week. It'll be spicy. by next Friday. I bet those will be there. He he flies over Times Square. And you get, you know, now, and the question Mark texted me was, okay, are we going to get him in next week's episode of no. Hawkeye? That's too much. Because, you know, it's a Christmas Eve. You're not going to get him, but it'd be cool to be a herd of thwip. Sweet. I'd welcome if, if they're on the ice rink next week, which he flies over, if they had a thwip during that, that I'd be cool be with that. Awesome. That's what I would welcome. That would be sweet. I would welcome that. I would welcome that. So, but the emotional scene, and I think the most emotional scene in the movie is when he goes to see ned and mj she's working at the coffee shop she has no idea who he is he hands her a cup of coffee and you watch him work through whether he's going to tell her or not who he is isaac let's start our we'll talk about the post-credit scenes in a minute but i want to talk about the future of this these characters will mj and ned yes. be back 100 i think they will i think mj will i don't know if ned that's will. A, that's actually a pretty good point i think they're both going to be back in some capacity mj for sure like th- i think she's a lock um i think he is going to in his next trilogy. He is going to have to get to know her again. Um, I do think there are going to be lo- other love introduce love interests introduced. Potentially Felicia Hardy, uh, Black Cat. Uh, potentially a Gwen Stacy from this universe. Um, I think Felicia Felicia Hardy. Hardy I likely. think would be a better choice because yeah, they, they haven't really... really had her in live action. She's college, you know. And Gwen Stacy would be college too, but. But yeah, th- I think that would be fantastic. Um, either way, but I think she's gonna be she's gonna be the one that Peter ends up with at the end of this next trilogy. Um, there's too much history there. There's too much, um, you know, the original Raimi trilogy too. Like you know, he made that point in this movie. We've gone through some stuff, but we made it in the end. You know, so I think that's yeah, what's gonna I happen. Agree. That's a good point about Ned, though. I mean, he may not play a big role as if if, if uh, it plays out this way. Who knows? Yeah, either he's not in it anymore. Or, and I, I know I said at the front, I'm like, he won't be, he won't be that character. But then I forgot that he he forgot everything. So now that I now that I'm po- processing him for getting everything, I actually do think it's more likely he's going to be Hobgoblin, simply because it's yeah. a new villain because they want right. to try and introduce new characters. But two, because he forgot, maybe that messes with his mind. Maybe that is the catalyst for his obsession with Spider-Man because he knows that there's something important there. Maybe. And maybe Doctor Strange does something where it really messes with the really – because he messes with the multiverse madness, the people closest to Peter Parker Mm -hmm. really struggle with that. I don't know. I'm I'm spitballing here, but that's the idea. Let's talk about the post-credit scenes. The Venom one. (laughs) I have not seen Venom 2. I want to make that clear. I am aware – and this is a spoiler. I'm talking about a spoiler, so fast forward a whole minute and a half, two minutes here if if you're not familiar. 
I do know at the end of Spider-Man of Venom 2, excuse me, that he does see Spider-Man. And I don't know what happens in Venom okay. 2 outside of it. Uh, so that I'll I'll go into a little detail because I, I actually do not go into detail. I don't want to know, know the post credit scene. I'm going to go watch oh, the movie. I'm not talking about the movie. No, no, the post credit scene. I'll just talk I'm about sorry. the post credit scene. I'm talking about Venom. Scene. So the post credit yeah, scene in Venom 2 has nothing to do with the movie. So like, yeah. Gotcha. Roger, 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 Roger. Because I'm going to go. Yeah. I have to go so, watch it now. Okay, so. That's what this movie did. Um, so basically, I I literally got done watching Venom 2 right before we went to Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, which is I, I, I'm actually shocked that that those two post-credit scenes align it's wild so anyways post-credit scene in venom 2 yeah they align like, very well literally like like stacked one on top of the other venom 2 um something crazy happens which is um him being transported into the mcu uh via whatever's happening at the end fight with dr strange um he sees uh tom holland's peter parker on the tv and gets interested that's the end scene in venom 2 and then it picks up in Spider-Man No Way Home. Tom Hardy is at the bar in the MCU. And he's like asking this bartender all these questions about the MCU, which is fantastic. Um, and despite whatever you think about Venom uh, and Venom 2, this is brilliantly played by Sony and Marvel. Like this is this is fantastic how they how they intertwine these things. And and then. Guess what? When they fix everything, the multiverses go back to normal. Tom Hardy gets whisked back to the Sony-verse. He's not a part of the MCU, which I was actually slightly disappointed by because it would be fun to see. It would be fun to see Tom Hardy and and yeah. uh, Tom Holland showdown, but maybe we get something else down the line. And, but you can keep Venom now. You can keep doing what you've been doing with Venom and yes. make him the and, hero. Right, and that's fine, yeah. So anyways, when he gets whisked back to his multiverse – a little piece of venom remains. We're gonna get venom at some point in the next. Do you think Danny Rojas? Danny Danny so Rojas. Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas. Is, is, is Danny, Danny Rojas. <laughs> Football is life. Um, he is the bartender yeah. in this, which Fantastic. I loved. That to me, that, was, that stole that the more show more than seeing, seeing Eddie Brock. Tom Hardy. <laughs> it was more exciting than seeing Eddie Brock. That's how. That's how little I think of that franchise. <clears throat> but um, do you think he's gonna be the carrier of venom? Then do you think? We're going to get like a Venom versus like, I think that's a great actor to choose no for idea. that role personally. If that's like the Venom that Peter Parker has to fight in the next film. I'm, yeah. Um, I was just chatting with somebody in our discord about this. I despise the flash in the MCU and I don't want to see, I want to see an agent Venom down the line, which flash Thompson eventually becomes, but I don't want the MCU flash because he is not going to play Agent Venom well. Oh, that's happen- it's, That's going to happen if they do it. I would be very disappointed if that happened. I know, but that's the guy they got to um, choose if they do but, it, right? hey, like you said, Danny Rojas, I could see that. I could see that. I think he, yeah. It's a great character. He, it's a great actor, yeah. I think he could He'd do be it. great at it. He's got to be a bad guy, though. Yeah. That's the thing. This Venom's going right. to have to be a bad guy. Well, he'll have this to start out as gonna a, bad be a bad guy. guy. But, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I I think this Venom's got to be a bad guy for to work with. To corrupt there's Tom too Holland. much. Uh, I mean, comics wise, there's way too much leaning into Venom as an anti-hero and a hero that I. I don't know. I want evil villain. I want evil. I, Venom. I want evil, Venom, evil Venom, Venom initially too. We want evil Venom done right. The reason people don't want that is because of what happened. But if Spider-Man you 3. if that you don't well have anti-hero Venom, you don't have Agent Venom. So, I don't know. 
Yeah. I think you're going to get a movie. I think in the next movie, Tom Holland gets that symbiote. And I think you're going to get a whole movie oh, with Tom him. Tom Holland with symbiote suit. Oh, it's going to be spicy. Can't wait. Symbiote suit's wait. coming. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's four yeah. or five. And maybe Secret Wars is him in the symbiote suit fighting with the heroes. And then at the end, he's kind of corrupted and he just kind of gets more agitated. Maybe somebody dies and that kind of really triggers him getting more upset. I, love it. I don't know. I love but it. I, th- I think they, they have to go a whole yeah. movie with that. Like, I think they have to tamper. I think he has to have a right. year with that on. Yeah. Personally, I want to see him get. I don't want it to be a sudden corruption. I want it to be a year long. Like, yeah, as in the a, comics where he movie, wears the one full movie transition. Quite a long time before he's like, OK, I got to get rid of yeah. this. Like, yeah. That'd be epic. exactly. That's that's what I'm yeah, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for here with the MCU. And I think they'll do that. I could see I think it. they'll play it out. But it. we'll see. We'll see. Um, and then we get the final. This isn't even a post trailer scene. This is like, yeah, this is a trailer. Did, did you like that they chose to do a trailer? Uh, <clears throat> a little disappointed because we are going to see this in social media like in a week or two or something. Like, I wish they would have shown something exclusive. You know. But at the same time, it was epic to see um, the Multiverse of Madness trailer. Again, you know, it would have been cooler if it was something different than we're going to see in two weeks. But seeing the nexus of all these realities is yeah. pretty sweet. Obviously, the trailer I mean, itself we, we've been is on sweet. So long, like, so. I have no qualms with the trailer. Yeah. It's just kind of a bummer that we didn't get something different because I'm I'm like. Yeah, I'm like I think 99% I'm sure you. this is the trailer. This is the exact trailer that we're going to see probably in a two weeks or a month or something like that. Here's the problem with this. Just just show us a trailer. If that's what you yeah. want to do, just show us show a trailer. Before the movie. Just show us a trailer in like a week and and on the back end, just show like a little glimpse of him running into Supreme. Oh, my gosh. That part was that was amazing. Yeah, that was crazy. That that's all we needed. I, yeah, I, we didn't need yeah, all, all the, the other all stuff. The was just like stuff give us that a we trailer. Going to happen. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, I I think I think it was I, I think it was cheeky, and I, I'm not a fan of it either. Actually, I, I think this is really really obnoxious. Actually, um, if you're going to do a post credit scene, either have him approach Wanda, or, and by the way, I called that two weeks ago on our podcast. I said I think she's going to be in the post credit scene, and she technically was, but it was a trailer. So, um, yeah, I, I, the squid monster was great. Uh, some people are thinking that's Gargantos. I, I think it is, but we'll see. America Chavez is great. Um, seeing the decaying worlds. Do you think we're going to go back to that spot in Loki again? Do you think that's where that is? Maybe, um, that would be, honestly, that was a cool world. So I would be okay with seeing that again. Um, I don't know, dude. I think literally anything is possible with Doctor Strange 2. I I'm I think we're gonna have a really hard time predicting what's oh, gosh, gonna yeah. happen in this movie. It's gonna be wild. America Chavez is a great addition to the MCU. If you're we're not gonna talk about that character today, but if you're not familiar with that character, take a look at her, head over to Wikipedia or Google and, and find out more about her. I think this is a great character to pick. Um I'm excited. I forget the actress's name who's playing her right now. Uh, I'll look that up. But I, I think this is a great person to just add. Obviously, she's part of the Young Avengers as well. They're building it. Um, they're building it. So they're building it slowly but surely. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, let me see here. Oh, my goodness. I have to figure out how to pronounce that name. Forgive <laughs> me. Her last name is Gomez. Forgive me. Holy buckets. I did not realize that was her name. I, I, oh, my goodness. You're gracious. On the I apologize, Rose people. Podcast. <laughs> I'm, here on the Infinity Rules podcast, we are the worst. <laughs> 
uh, pronouncers yeah, of all time. We're pretty bad. Um, Sochi Gomez. Sochi Gomez is her name. All right. Uh, forgive me. Uh, it's spelled X-O-C-H-I-T-L. Wow. Yeah. It's a great name. Such a tr- Anytime you're at, your name starts with an X, though, I will say that's a very, yeah. very powerful name. Sick name. Very powerful name. So, uh, but that is our review of this movie. We did miss some things. I'm sorry if we did, but hopefully you enjoyed this movie as much as we did and uh, had a great time. Um, uh, you can check out Isaac and I on, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as the Infinity Bros podcast. We'd love it if you've made it to this point and you have not left us a review. Please, please, please leave us a review so we can honor you and put you in the drawing for uh, our episode 100 uh, New Year episode. We're not going to have an episode next week because of Christmas, but it's going to be a New Year episode of 2022. This is our last episode of the year. Episode 99, Isaac. Crazy. Ryan, Crazy. Great episode for – great pin, penultimate episode yeah. uh, to, mm-hmm. to talk about Spider-Man and No Way Home. So make sure that you leave us a review. Uh, join our Discord. Check us out on Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. Uh, Isaac, thanks so much for coming on today, buddy. Always a pleasure to talk Spider-Man. Yeah, dude. Thank you, Infinity Bros Universe, wherever you listened, however you listened. Know that we're thankful for you, and we love you 3000. We'll see ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.